0: the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. And uh, for those of you that are joining us, uh, we know that you're in your pajamas, uh, on your couch, under your snuggie or whatever there, but we're just glad that you can join us here this morning and uh, get into the Lord's word today. It's so good to be back with you precious folks. Uh, It's always an honor, uh, and I mean that, to come and cover the pulpit for Pastor Jeff. Uh, Jeff and Valerie uh, are wonderful, wonderful dear blessings to our family and uh, we love them very, very much and they have influenced different children in our homes in different ways and they've also been a pastor to us when we needed a pastor. And so uh, every pastor needs a pastor, right? And so uh, I'm so thankful for them and we know that they love you as well. Uh, it's good to be back. I know that uh, you have faced some COVID battles here, uh, uh, as well as most churches are right now. And uh, our family, we faced it as well. It started with our daughter, and, and uh, we were very concerned because uh, she has asthma, and so we didn't know how that was going to go. But, you know, she, she, she bounced back very quickly. Uh, it just hits different people. Different ways, and so um, it took us a little bit longer, you know, from from her. That you know, the weirdest thing for me was, and and I don't know, did anybody in here get it? Anybody in here get it? Did did you lose your smell and taste? Oh man, I lost that. You, I couldn't, I couldn't taste or smell anything. I could put bleach right to my nose, nothing, ammonia. Now it burned. I knew it was there, but couldn't smell it, and uh, even tried an old pair of socks, you know, just to try that. Uh, no, nothing, nothing. And uh, so it was just kind of weird like that, but the Lord is good. He's enabled us to get through all that, and we're, we're so thankful for that. We're, we still pray for those who still are struggling with it and uh, who, who have been hit harder than some others. Thank you for your prayers for our grandson Porter. Uh, you guys write me uh, emails and check up on him, and uh, you just don't know. Do you need a se- you need a seventh family to adopt? I mean, I feel like you folks have already done that to us anyway. But uh, you you always check in, and I tell you, over Christmas time, he gave us a real scare, and uh, that led to being in the hospital six days up in Philly. Uh, they ended up removing his pick line that went right to his heart. Uh, he developed, believe it or not, because uh, of the sickness that he has, he throws up a lot. And so um, they've been trying to manage that, and, and, but when he does that, it, it must have burned a hole, a little place in his esophagus, and that's where they found this infection that developed in there, and it was moving in t- towards his heart. So, uh, that was a very serious thing, but they were able to uh, catch that, to address that, Um, and today he's doing fine. I mean, you would never know. It's just things can change just like that with him, but we really believe that's because of folks like you praying for him on a regular basis that he is where he is today, so we're so thankful for that. Uh, Pray for us as a family, too. We have four missions teams that we are preparing for this coming year Uh, I have three heading down to Viper where you folks served just a few years ago and uh, pastor Mike and Lima Barnett I was talking to them I told them that I was coming here and they said please give Cornerstone our love you know the first thing you see when you pull into that property is that climbing wall that you guys built there and so they've been able to use that and it's been a blessing to them I know and so thank you for that but they send their love. We have four teams going there, or three teams going there, and then another team going to Coatesville, Pennsylvania, to work at a camp uh, to do some TLC on a camp that ministers to incarcerated, uh, well, children with incarcerated parents. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a really neat camp, and we're looking forward to going there. And then, Lord willing, in March, in March, my family, we will be heading to New Mexico to go work on the Indian Reservation of the Navajo Indian Reservation there. We're gonna be meeting with some missionaries there uh, to look at the work that they do on the Navajo Reservation. And we kinda wanna get a hands on feel for what that ministry's like. And then the goal is, is for us to start bringing teams there here in the future. Uh, to serve there and so it's a great great opportunity CIM has brought teams there but I have never gone there and so uh, I need to go get a hands-on uh, uh, and get a feel of what's what's going on out there and then we can start bringing teams there so please please pray for us we have a busy busy schedule coming up here and so uh, the Lord is you know uh, COVID has stopped a lot of things I love that saying uh, you can, uh, COVID can nail down the world, but it can't nail down God. I mean, think about it. Uh, a, a microscopic virus that you can't even see has it changed the entire world. But it cannot stop what God is doing. And that is the great thing. And just to be a part of his work on the mission field and here around, the, uh, just even locally, is such a blessing. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 25, 11, You want to grab your Bibles there? Uh, if you're at home, uh, we're going to be in the Word this morning, going to a number of passages this morning. But uh, I want to just start uh, by, by getting uh, Proverbs 25, 11, where it says this here, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And so this morning, I trust that whatever I say, will be a word fitly spoken. So join me in prayer. Father, this morning as we come to your word, as we get ready to uh, hear what you have prepared on my heart for this people, for this time, that Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity of speech. I pray that you would uh, help the words to, to come out of my mouth in a way that people can easily understand and that... Father, that ultimately you would be glorified by, by, by lifting your word high this morning. Draw us to you. Draw us closer to you through your word this morning. And Father, may you, know, may you know where every one of our hearts is. And so Lord, may your word as fitly spoken be like apples of gold and pictures of silver this morning. Lord, I pray for that. Thank you again for your love for us, your Your care for us. Thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us. And thank you, Lord, that things are not falling apart, but they are falling in place. You're setting the stage. And Lord, we're so thankful for that. Help us to trust you even when it's dark, even when it doesn't make sense. Help us to trust you. What you have showed us in the light, let's not forget it when it's dark. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, I want you to turn to a very obscure passage of Scripture. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter thirty. Uh, you probably have read this verse, maybe skimmed over it, never really thought twice about it. I don't know. It's not one that you hear a whole lot of sermons about. Um, but I just want to, <laughs> I just want to uh, use it as a springboard this morning, and uh, I want to just kind of uh, take two words out of this one verse and kind of use that to set the direction for where we're going this morning. So Proverbs 30, verse 25. Notice what the Bible says. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. And this morning what I want to do is just dwell on those two words, they prepare. They prepare. I believe that God wants you and I to be prepared for this new year. Amen? I really, truly believe that. I believe the Bible is clear. Jesus can come at any moment. And in light of the events that are going on in our nation and around the world, uh, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to look at what the Bible has to say about the end times and to know that we are on the very threshold of the rapture of the church. Amen? I believe that. I believe that. And uh, the Bible's very clear on that. But, if the Lord tarries, if the Lord tarries, we need to be ready for what lies ahead in 2021. We need to be ready. There will be many battles to face this coming year. And if that be true, then you and I need to be prepared for the battle turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 we're gonna spend some time here in Ephesians chapter 6 we're gonna look at some other verses as well but uh, we're gonna kinda camp out here for a little bit Ephesians chapter 6 and as you're as you're turning there I would I would encourage you I would encourage you uh, to maybe this afternoon or sometime this week uh, just in one setting Uh, it's only six chapters Uh, But read through the book of Ephesians and uh, you will find that it is filled with practical, and I mean practical, instruction for living in the times that we are in. It's just very, very good, good stuff. And I would encourage you to read that. I couldn't hear what you said. Well, Siri doesn't understand what I'm saying, so uh, (laughs) obviously. And I want to just say this. This happens to me every time I preach, so I don't know what it is, so I'm going to put her in my pocket and just put her away, all right? Isn't that the craziest thing, to know that you're being listened to like that? Anyway, so anyway, but I would encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we're going to just look afresh at the subject of preparing For this new year. So follow along as we look at Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 10. And we're going to go all the way to verse 18. All right, Notice what the scriptures say here. Finally my brethren. Be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. Not your might. His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against... Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. If you're a note taker, then you can write this first point down. Notice the adversary we face. The adversary we face. Look again at verse 11 and 12. I'm going to read them again. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of who? The devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood I know it seems like that at times and sometimes that is a reality but remember the spirit behind what is going on is the devil that's the spirit behind it and we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places now It does not matter if you have been saved one day or many years. It won't take you very long to realize that we are in a spiritual battle, aren't we? It's a spiritual battle. Uh, It's not a battle of Republicans versus Democrats. It's not a, a, a battle of one ideology against another. This is a spiritual battle, and it has been raging since the fall of man in the book of Genesis. Satan has been elevated by Hollywood and the media over the years as kind of this innocent little thing that uh, he's just this little red man in a suit with a little pitchfork and, and he's trying to tell us that we're missing out on all the fun that life has to offer. Uh, take for example, let me give you two blatant examples that uh, we find in our culture today. I'm not a fan of this show. I think they ought to take it off the air, but nevertheless, it's on the TV. It's, It's even called Lucifer. That's the name of the show. And Lucifer, listen to this, Lucifer, this series revolves around the story of Lucifer Morningstar, The devil who abandons hell for Los Angeles where he runs his own nightclub and becomes a consultant to the Los Angeles Police Department. And let me tell you, they're not on the first season. It's several seasons in. People love it. Or or how about uh, the match dating app commercial that shows Satan looking for a date? I mean, it's just blatant and in our faces, and somehow evil has been glamorized. Satan is made somehow to be good. And remember what Satan said when he fell. I will be like the Most High God. I'll be like Him. Folks, we need to step out of our bubble for a moment and realize that we are in and we face a real adversary. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now listen, uh, I, it, you've seen them. You've seen the, the National Geographic shows. You've seen, uh, I think about uh, your son who's over in Africa. I'm sure he's seen... Lions kill prey. It's not fun. I don't even like to watch it. It's just brutal, right? And and there's nothing nice about it. But that's who our enemy is compared to a lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And any of you that love cats, we'll pray for you. But those of you that love cats, uh, you know, you've seen your cat out on the hunt. And it will stay there for hours waiting for the moment to pounce. Satan's not worried about wasting time. He's got all the time to just watch. And his minions, the same thing. He said it will be like the Most High God. He is the spirit behind the terror and the impurity and the immorality and the crime that pervades this world system. He devises wicked schemes. Let me give you a couple of those. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Keep your hand in Ephesians, but go back just book 2 here, uh, a book here to 2 Corinthians, and uh, notice what he says here in chapter 4. Uh, verse 4 notice he blinds the minds of those who don't believe look at verse 4 2 Corinthians 4 4 in whom the God of this world notice the God of this world that's little g not talking about God our father but Satan the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is in the image of God should shine Unto them, he's blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Listen, at one time in my life, my mind was blinded. I didn't care about the things of God. I didn't want to hear about the things of God. I thought the things of God were foolish and and, and just stupid. Satan had blinded me. Uh, Notice what else he does. He resists the work of God's angels. Go with me to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And I want you to notice verses 12 and 13. Daniel chapter 10 notice verse 12 then said he unto me fear not Daniel from from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God thy words were heard and I am come for thy words notice but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days but lo Michael one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the king of Persia talking about a very spiritual battle that was going on in the heavenlies that lasted 21 days that, that and, and and Michael had to come to this angels rescue to help Right? Satan resists the work of God's angels uh, he holds the masses of the unsaved in his grip go with me to Acts chapter 26 notice what the bible says here notice what the bible says in acts chapter 26 and notice verse 17 and 18 acts 26 verse 17 and 18 delivering thee from the people and from the gentiles whom now i have sent thee to open the eyes to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of satan Unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. He holds the masses of the unsaved in his grip. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he is the prince of the power of the air. This is our adversary. He will always be our adversary. This is who we wrestle against day and night. He is the master of making sin look pleasurable, pleasant to the eye. He did that in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He made the fruit look pleasant. He is the master deceiver, and if we're not careful, he will deceive you and I that sin is no big threat and that you can handle it in your own strength. One day, God will look him in the eye and rebuke him before the host of heaven and before God's children and literally cast him into the lake of fire. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that day, Pastor Jeff. That day when I will see this adversary who has caused everything like this on the earth, I will see him cast literally into the lake of fire. Have you been buying into the lies of the enemy, the devil? Have you come to a place where evil is tolerated or accepted? Have you bought into the schemes and tricks that he has? Have you forgotten how ruthless our enemy is? Is Ask the Holy Spirit to resensitize you to God's work and the enemy's schemes. The adversary that we face is a very real adversary. Notice secondly, the second point this morning, the armor we bear. The armor we bear. Look with me back at Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 to 14 we are admonished to stand three different times. Notice in verse 11, notice what it says there, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Right? There it is. And then notice in verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand and then notice verse 14 stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness now this is this is very important because if you and I are going to stand effectively against the adversary then we must do so clothed in the full armor of God a soldier does not go into battle half-dressed. Doesn't work that way. Uh, every piece of armor that he wears is designed to protect against the enemy. Uh, having served in the United States Air Force, uh, uh, I remember I went in right out of high school and, and uh, uh, my recruiter told me that uh, I was going to uh, be one of those guys that goes into the uh, NCO club and bus sub fights and, and and then and then pull over people that were speeding and man I just thought I was going to be a policeman well my recruiter lied to me yes he did and I was not pulling over I was counting rivets underneath a plane in security okay now uh, some days were much more boring than others but when I went to basic training. Part of our training, because we were in security, we had to learn how to defend an air base. And so we had to spend about four to five weeks, I think it was, with uh, the United States Army. And we spent time with the grunts in the field. And they loved having us Air Force guys uh, underneath them, so to speak. But uh, good training. But uh, it... It allowed us to have some time to have some discussions. And I remember I would be talking with some of those guys, and some of them had already been in some battles. Uh, some of them were knowing, knowing where we were at that time uh, in life, uh, getting ready to head into some battles. And I remember one of the conversations that we seemed to have over and over again was, I wish that we had better armor. That was seemed to be a concern of our soldiers. I wish that we had better armor, need better armor. And if we are not standing in the full armor of God, then we are not fully protected. And in essence, we become vulnerable Christians and vulnerable Christians become easy prey for the enemy. In verse 11 and 13, we are admonished to put on the Full armor so that we can withstand in the evil day. This is a very interesting phrase, evil day. Very interesting phrase. The term evil day refers to the times of conflict that come into your life. Like now, that time. Like when there's disruption in the family. Like when there's disruption. At work, The times when evil comes in to your life. That's the evil day. Now it's interesting that this armor that, that uh, Paul is talking about, even though he's using real pieces of armor here uh, in his description, this armor is not physical armor. It is a spiritual armor. This is not a physical battle that we face. Uh, it is a spiritual battle. And let me tell you, there is no weapon in our in our his in our military his history or ever will be that will be able to fight this type of battle. It's a spiritual battle, and, and a spiritual battle requires spiritual weapons. Amen. That's what it refers to. So look with me at second. Keep your hand there in Ephesians, but go back to Second Corinthians chapter ten. Notice, notice the military words that are used in this little passage notice here uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 starting in verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not physical but notice what he says here but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ you know whatever is plaguing your mind today whatever is consuming your thought life whatever it is that you wrestle with on a daily basis put on the full armor and stand. That's what he says. Notice, let's kind of break this armor down. Notice the first part of it. The belt of truth. Look at verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 6. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. I find it very interesting that this is where Paul starts. He starts off with a belt girding the soldiers robes, so to speak and the analogy that he is using is this this belt that, that went around the soldiers waist to, 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 to tighten up, to, to hold in place his loose garments and in the spiritual battle this is the belt of truth. Everything that you and I do must be based upon truth. Amen? Everything. Everything hinges on truth, and the Bible says that the truth will set you free, and we must remember that Satan is the father of lies. He has been a liar, the Bible says, from the very beginning. So let me ask you a question: How many lies has he told you about himself about yourself? How many lies have you bought into that he 's told you about yourself? you 're not good enough. you 're not pretty enough. Uh, you'll never measure up. Uh, you'll never be um, happier unless you have more money or more things, and, uh, or if you're successful, and the list just kind of goes on. And so we as Christians, we strive to live a life that is truthful and honest in the sight of men and in the sight of God. Our word must be truthful. And let me tell you, don't we live in a culture where there is a vacuum of truth? There is, you can go to the internet and find just about any kind of false thing out there that you can imagine. There is a vacuum for truth, the truth of God's Word. And listen, everything that we do must be based on truth. That's that belt the belt of truth, but then he says the breastplate of righteousness also there in verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this would have been a, a hard piece of protective metal and uh, maybe uh, leather placed over the lungs and the heart of a, of a soldier uh, it went around the body and it protected the vital organs from front and rear attacks. Uh, we would kind of liken it today to those who are in uh, law enforcement or uh, Secret Service or in, in some kind of protective detail. They would wear the, the plates that cover them in the front and the back. Same type of thing. It protects the vital organs and in the spiritual realm the bible says this is the breastplate of righteousness this would not refer to our righteousness because our righteousness is as filthy rags the bible says but rather his righteousness look with me at romans chapter 3 look with me there go back just a few books romans chapter 3 and i want you to notice verses 21 to 26 but now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, you can't do anything in the law to make you righteous. That's what he's saying. It doesn't work that way. And as a matter of fact, he says the law observes that it will be the righteousness of Christ. Notice what he says there. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them, them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and a justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. It is His righteousness that is our breastplate. Notice, covered by the gospel of peace. Verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 6. Notice with me there. Notice verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, the feet of a soldier need protection. They need protection. Uh, The enemy would place uh, obstacles onto the battlefield uh, knowing which way that the, the other army would be coming. And they would take sharp sticks and bury them down into the ground and, and keep them up through the ground so that as the soldiers are walking, if their feet uh, didn't have very good protection, they would step on that. And listen to me, those sticks were never intended to kill the soldier. They, they had one purpose, get them out of the battle, Right? because if you're just out of the battle then the strength of the army weakens and that's exactly why we need to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Bible says that Jesus is the prince of peace. He is the giver of peace and that he is our peace maker. And if that is true then that makes you and I agents of peace. Is not That's what the world is looking for today. Peace in this chaos. Peace. I mean, you just strip away all of the junk, strip away all the anxiety, strip away all the surface issues, and you will find a life after life lacking peace. And there's probably no better way than to defeat the enemy than to be keeping busy by bringing the message of peace with God, and the peace of God. Both of those go hand in hand. But he doesn't stop there. Then he moves on to the shield of faith. Notice verse 16. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield was a long, oblong piece of wood or metal that times of battle, the soldier could duck behind for protection or even join together as a unit to provide protection over the unit. And uh, the very, very important piece. And, and often the enemy would take the tips of their arrows and, and dip them in pitch and light them on fire and shoot them at the enemy coming on. And the Bible says here that the shield of faith quenches how many of those fiery darts? All. Oh. Of the fiery darts of the wicked, the shield of faith. It says that in verse sixteen to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. The shield of faith refers to taking God at His word. Taking God at His word, we need faith to trust God when the road is dark. Uh, we need faith. To, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for or seen, uh, the evidence of things not seen, right? Faith will quench the fiery darts of temptation. Faith says nothing is impossible with God. That's what faith does the shield of faith. And then he says the helmet of salvation. Look at verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. I mean, this would have been a large piece of metal, uh, 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 made to fit, uh, made of bronze or iron, to fit over the head. It was lined with felt on the inside. It it protected the head from injury. That's what the helmet does, right? And in the spiritual realm, when Paul says the helmet of salvation, uh, that's. Let me just ask you a question: Like, where is the battle for the believer? It's in the mind, isn't it? I mean, that's where we face our battle. That's the biggest struggle in the Christian's life. It's the battlefield of the mind. And the Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And the Bible says that God gives to you and I a sound mind. Uh, Remember when Jesus cast the the demons out of the man of of the Gadarenes? Remember that? It says there that when they found him, he was clothed. He had been running around naked. He had been busting off the, the chains that they tried to bind him with. But when the demons were cast out, he was clothed. And the Bible says, and in his right mind, in his right mind. We need the helmet of salvation. We need our minds protected so that we won't be ignorant of the enemy's devices the battlefield of the mind. It's a battle. It's a battle. So we've looked at the enemy we face and the armor we bear and all the parts that we have looked at so far are actually a part of what a soldier would wear to defend himself in battle. But this next piece is not a piece that the soldier wears, it's a piece that he uses. And so notice with me the last point this morning. The attack we apply. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 6 and notice verse 17, the ending of that. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of a soldier can be used defensively, but that's not his primary purpose. It's an offensive weapon designed to attack. And notice what this sword actually is in verse 17. It is the Word of God. That's what this sword is. And folks, I can't stress to you enough the importance of God's Word. and The book that we carry to church every week, it's, it's, it's the very Word of God. It's the, it, it contains all the answers to, life, to life's problems. Uh, it doesn't contain truth. It is truth. All of it. From the very first word to the very last amen. It's all truth. It's the only truth that you and I can trust. It's the only truth we can trust. You can't trust what the media says. You can't trust what the internet says. You can't trust what they say in magazines or in the newspapers or anything like that. But you can trust what God's word says because God wrote it and he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. And I can't stress to you enough the importance of it. The Bible says God's word is a sword. It cuts through people's defenses, doesn't it? It pricks the human conscience. It has the ability to get to the heart of a matter. I remember when, uh, man, growing up, I've shared this before, but I didn't grow up in a very good home. And uh, when I lived with my dad, my parents were divorced. And when I lived with my dad, He was very anti-God. There was no Bibles in our home. Uh, Matter of fact, he was so anti-God. He thought it was funny when when we got a cat, we had a black cat. He named that cat Satan. That's what he named the cat. And his brother, my Uncle Bob, he had a black cat, and his cat's name was Lucifer. That was the name of their cats. And I remember if anything came up about God, the only thing... The only way my dad ever referred to God was through taking his name in vain. Uh, it was a very dark, dark. And I remember when I would go to visit my mom, uh, she would make me go to church. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I didn't want to go to church. I hated going to church. I, I didn't understand how this guy, up, this guy, now now I'm doing what that guy did. But I couldn't understand how that guy could get up there and talk about a loving God. And I thought to myself, my own earthly father doesn't love me. How in the wide world can a God who I can't even see or even believe in, how could he love someone as messed up as me? And so you know what I did? I would just tune that thing out. I would go to church. I would sit in a pew, and I would just—I be thinking about other things. I didn't care one word what that guy said. Until one day, when I was 15 years old, I was out to visit my mom, just like I always did, because from age seven to age 16 or 15, I lived with my dad. And so there I was. I was 15 years old. I'm out visiting my mom, and guess where I have to go? Church. And I sat in a pew. just if this was the church, I would have been right where you folks are, right there. I sat there, but I didn't listen to a word that was said. Until one point in the sermon, something that he read in a verse of the Bible snagged my attention. Do You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden from going to thinking about nothing and letting the words of whatever he was saying go in one ear and out the other, he read a verse and that verse like snagged inside of me And it caught my attention. That's the power. And and from that moment, that began from that one verse. And I'm sure I heard it before and I couldn't even tell you what it is right now. I don't know what verse it was. But whatever it was, it was talking about heaven and hell. And I remember that particular verse. and, And all of a sudden, Man, it just snagged me. Why do you think John 3.16 is so powerful? Why do you think they put it up? Well, they used to put it up in the sports stadiums. Now they just put up cardboard figures. Hopefully they'll get a a, 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 a John 3.16 figure up there again. Why? Because when someone reads it, they've heard it before, but for some reason, at that moment, where they are in life, God pricks their heart through the Word of God, and they realize, I'm lost. I'm lost. I need forgiveness. That's the power of God's Word. It has a tendency to cut to the heart of the matter. We're to read it. We're to memorize it. We're to meditate on it. We're to study it. We're to use it. And if you and I are going to be prepared for what lies ahead in this year, then it will be because we are in the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God changes the lives of people who embrace its message. When Jesus was attacked by Satan, during his temptation, what did he use? He said, it is written, thou shalt not, and then he would, it would say exactly what the Bible said, what the Word of God said. And when you and I face the issues of life, we're to use the Word of God. Folks, how much do we need to be in the Word How much ammunition do you have tucked away to fight the tricks of the adversary? You know, one of the things that we try and do uh, with our kids is just Bible memory, but it's not just for our kids. It's for us. Because, you know, how many of you that were raised in a Christian home, I was not raised in a Christian home, but those of you that were raised in a Christian home, how many times has God over the years brought back something you learned when you were just little? Because you hid God's Word in your heart. Right? And we need this. Now the end of verse 17, there's a colon. Notice that there. See that? Which is the Word of God. See that little colon at the end of that? That means that the complete thought is not finished. And the key to understanding the complete thought is in verse 18. Notice, How it starts off by saying praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and so as you put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness you cover your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace you get behind the shield of faith and you secure the helmet of salvation and you're ready for battle with the with the sword of the spirit all those pieces are held in place by one thing that is prayer prayer Folks, prayer is the essential discipline of the Christian life. Prayer is the way that you and I communicate to God. Prayer is our lifeline. And if you and I are going to be victorious this year, then it will be because of prayer. Because of prayer. And if you and I are going to prepare for the battles that we face, then it will only be by prayer. In the morning when we wake up, pray. As we drive to work, Pray as we face situations at work. Pray as you drive home. Pray as you meet as a family around the table. Pray when you go to bed. Pray this is what praying always means. Not as a last resort, but as a first resort. Pray. Folks, I don't know what 2021 holds for your family. But I know this. We face a real adversary who would desire to rip this church apart and rip your family apart. He wants to destroy the work of God. He wants to discredit the Word of God. And he wants to discourage the people of God. Satan is strong. But Jesus is stronger. Amen? Jesus is stronger. We need to stay close to Jesus Satan is subtle. We need to keep our eyes open. Thankfully, God provides the protective equipment that we need to face this battle. So let's determine to go in this year. We're we're at the end of January. We're at the very beginning. Let's determine to go from this point forward clothed in full battle gear, prayed up and in the Spirit being ready to be available for God to use. That's our prayer. Stand with me, please. Father, this morning, we come to You, Lord Jesus. We come to You because we've opened Your Word. We've looked at what the armor that You provide. We've looked at each piece We've discussed the adversary that we face. We've looked at the armor we bear and the attack we are to apply. Lord, help us to be in Your Word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be centered on Your Word and to be always praying. Father, maybe there's one listening this morning through the website, through the social media, however the platform goes out, that does not know you as their Savior, well, none of this will really make sense, but I know one thing that will. You can use your word to quicken that person's heart. And so, Lord, I pray that maybe one of the verses that, that, that we looked at this morning, that Maybe they've seen a hundred other times, but never really thought about it. This morning, morning, just like you did to me when I was 15 years old, you snagged my heart with a verse. Lord, I pray for that person this morning. That person would not move past the fact of knowing that they're lost and they need a Savior. So Lord, speak to that one. Lord, put the right people in their path that will help them in this. Maybe they'll email the church. Maybe they'll email Pastor Jeff asking questions. I I don't know. I just know how quick your word works. But Lord, I pray for those as well who do know you as Savior. i got to confess that sometimes it's just easier to go into battle half-dressed. Sometimes we like to pick and choose the pieces of armor that we want to put on. But Lord, that's not what you have given us in your word. You have told us to put on the full armor of God. Because if we don't have on the full armor, then we become prey to the enemy. And so, Father, forgive us when we try and fight our battles in our own strength. Forgive us, Lord, when, we, when we, we cave to our fleshly desires. And so, Lord, help us to stand in these days where it's going to get very dark in the days ahead. Help us to stand. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be clothed in the full armor of God so that we can be prepared for the battles ahead. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Jeff and Valerie. Thank you for the leaders that you've given to him that, that, that walk with him and around him. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus, for your word. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor Jeff.